0: and welcome back to the Transporter Podcast presented by No Context CFB. We are here. It's the middle of March. You know, college football may not be on the front of your mind, but it's going to be on your mind today. We have a lot of great stuff to go over. My name's Andrew. Joined by me is Dylan, Brian, and Adam. How are are y'all doing today?
1: Good. All right. Doing good, doing good. Um, Busy, busy weekend. Got got college uh, basketball, but... We were talking about
0: football, but I'm doing good. Dylan, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. It's been a, like like you said, it's been a really long week. Um, gotten very, very little sleep in the last couple of days. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to finally be back on the pod. It feels like it's been a couple months at the most since I've been on.
0: Yeah, uh, it's been a minute, but glad to have you back. And like, like we said, maybe may basketball season and – you know, only I believe two of our teams are in March Madness, and they're both Adams because uh, Georgia there. didn't make it. Oregon is in the NIT, and Minnesota sucks. So, uh, you know, that sucks. But <laughs> we're a football podcast, and we've already started talking about basketball. That's what March does to you. Uh, let's just go straight to spring ball. Spring ball already started for most programs. So one thing we want to talk about is one question we have for each of our teams. Obviously, Adam has Texas and Houston. Brian has Georgia, I have Minnesota, and you might be able to tell that uh, Dylan's an Oregon fan. So, uh, Adam, let's start with you. Texas, what's the big question there?
1: Um, for me and most, the big question for Texas is, can they develop the talent that they always get? It's been like that for, really, since Mac Brown left. We just, I mean, we always have a top 10, top five recruiting class, but We can never, they never progress past what they are when they arrive on campus. So once again, Texas top five recruiting class brought a new coach who is apparently a guru at developing offensive talent. So that's a big question. And that that happens in the spring. You you don't really get better once the season starts. You are who you are. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with them. Um, Hopefully. It works out because I've been talking a lot about Texas being back. And um be mighty embarrassing if we go out there and we lose week one, week two, and week three. So um, but I'm banking on it that they're gonna figure it out. We'll be back for Houston. Um, I'm excited, man. Uh I think I'm gonna be on back on top of the American. We got Clayton Toon back. Really, it's just a matter of can we just keep it rolling? If we just keep it um Keep that train moving. I think we'll be fine. Um, I mean, I'm really excited for them too. I think both my teams are going to be good. Um, we'll see what happens.
0: Uh, I think it's safe to say that Houston might have a better outlook right now than Texas. But you know what, Texas, you've been saying it might We're be back. back. It might be. It's not a hundred percent. I know the the hat says Texas is back, or just the Texas logo, but, you know, the Texas logo right now stands for Texas is back. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Brian, let's go to you. Uh, What can – also, the hat is kind of ironic. I'm just realizing your hat is a little ironic. Why? Well, oh, you know what? Oh, I'm dumb. I I need sleep. I need sleep. I read that as the Alabama A. I'm – Oh, come on. You really (laughs) –
3: that is just disrespectful.
0: It said 2021 champs. It's the a I'm.
3: Yeah. I had a, I had a decent, um, decent few months from October to January. So, uh, knows, yeah, this has been other team that won a championship, not to brag or anything, but, uh, yeah, uh nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, obviously with Georgia coming off a championship, it's, you know, it's, there's a lot you can you can go in a spring ball a little bit differently this time around. You're so used to them coming in after after losing another you know the bad bad loss or another you know heartbreaking loss that we've had the last few years before this past year. Or so, um, but with it coming off a championship, it's a little bit differently. It's got a little bit more of an intrigue than 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 anything. I think the, the biggest thing right now for, for us uh, for Georgia is is one it's the revamp coaching staff. We lost a lot of coaches. Uh, you know Matt Luke left. Um, we got uh, new receivers coach, new offensive line coach, uh, new defensive coordinators. Um, so that's a lot of lot of turnover in the coaching staff. And then also, you know, even just the guys. I mean, we had our pro day today, and we saw what Georgia players did at the com- at the combine, and they they follow that up at the pro day. So we're expected we're losing a bunch of good players. Uh, so it's interesting to see what how, what what that's going to look like in the spring and who who steps up. I think right now the biggest question that I have. Um, is the backup quarterback position. We have three capable guys. Um, Gunnar Stockton is an incoming freshman. Uh, Brock Vandergrift on it. He's a second-year five-star. He was a second-rated right, quarterback coming out of high school in his class. Um, and then Carson Beck, who's been with us for a couple of years now, and he's – I mean, he was looking great. He was ripping it out there. Um, today he was he was participating at the pro day with with some of the receivers. He was the one throwing them the ball in. So it's very interesting. Obviously, Stetson Bennett came, is coming back. Um and for the first time in his career, he's coming in as a starter, the set starter. He doesn't have to worry about, all oh, JT Daniels or, you know, anything like that. He is a starter. He won the championships. You know, he's earned that, that, that role as being the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see because I'm, I'm curious to see how short his leash is. And if maybe if this if Carson Beck or Brock Vannegrift have an amazing spring, will they even consider you know, going into the fall as one of those guys overtaking Stetson, um, you know, and I'd like to see what Stetson can do as the clear cut. Number one, He doesn't have to be looking over your shoulder anymore. He can see what he can, we can do there. So I'm very, exa- I'm very excited to see uh, what, what's, what's going to happen. Um, I think, most exciting part or the most intriguing part is a backup quarterback position because obviously quarterback is probably the most important uh, position on the field. And without a good quarterback, you're you're not going to win very much. Uh, so I'm very interested to see how how that's gonna play out.
0: You know, you talked about losing coordinators. Dan Lanning left now. He's at Oregon. Dylan, yeah. What what's the biggest question at Oregon? Great second. Man,
2: that was such a that was such a privileged answer from brian (laughs) coming from a national championship team who's our backup quarterback really that's the question (laughs) i mean there's so many programs that wish that they could have just that as their as their primary question um yeah for oregon completely new coaching staff dan lanning is his first time as a head coach uh top to bottom pretty much everything's new um i think in terms of personnel i think the biggest question that is going to be on everybody's mind is how do you replace Kayvon Thibodeau how do you replace that production off the edge and there's a I think there's a pretty steep drop off in terms of talent um, along the defensive line off the edge and I think a couple guys that could step in are Braden Swinson and DJ Johnson Um, it depends on what the defense looks like if they're more of a 3-4 or a 4-3 but I think both of those guys could be You know, in particular, some of the top candidates, Um, I think one of the other ones is going to be how do they utilize all the talent that they have as pass catchers. Last year's offense with Anthony Brown was just so limited. Uh, The passing game was um, really tough to watch, just all the dink and dunk stuff and, you know, just leaving Anthony Brown out there when games were just over by halftime. That was really frustrating to see, but there was so much talent that they brought in the last couple of years that we just didn't really get to see. And now, you know, Kenny Dillingham comes in and he wants to have this explosive up-tempo, you know, 80 plays a game kind of offense um, that, of course, focuses on running the ball down your throat. But, you know, throwing the ball downfield, something that Oregon fans have been used to for a long time up until the last few years, so I'm excited to see what the i you know the offensive identity and defensive identity looks like because when you have a brand new coaching staff, you know you have to figure that out. And spring is is a great way to to start learning. But I like where they're at. I've gotten to talk to Dan lanning a couple times uh, during the press conferences and hear what he's thinking. And it seems like everybody's bought in on his vision and the coaching staff's vision. So it's gonna be fun to see.
0: So it's always interesting to see those first year head coaches, especially at big programs like Oregon is seeing what they do, how the players kind of react, making sure what you said, everybody's bought in. So that's very good to hear. As for Minnesota, all Minnesota fans are going to agree with me. Can Kirk Shiraka bring back that offense? Because that offense last year made me want to puke. Made me want to gouge my eyes out. It made me want to not watch football. It was almost as bad as Iowa's Iowa's offense. Not as bad because that's not possible. But what Mike Sanford Jr. did to that offense was, uh, this is going to sound kind of disrespectful, disgraceful. It was disgusting. It was awful. Tanner Morgan was one of the most, if not the most efficient quarterback in 2019. After 2020 being a year we don't talk about anymore, He didn't look good. He didn't look good at all. He was not efficient at all. He was throwing bad interceptions, making bad decisions. Now, yes, he did lose talent. He lost Tyler Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman. He lost Mo Ibrahim this year. And he's going to lose Coquif, who was a very good blocking tight end. I want to see what uh, Kirk's got for this offense. Can he bring back 2019? No, that's not possible because we don't have the playmakers at wide receiver. Yes, Chris Almond Bell is very good. Dalen Wright's very good. Uh, Mike Brown Stevens, he's a good deep threat occasionally, but I want something consistent. I don't need it to be something great. I need it to be consistent because that defense is going to play well because we have one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, Joe Rossi, who, by the way, I'm shocked he didn't get a different job. Being the defensive coordinator at Minnesota isn't the most highly touted job, but he was getting offers from – not offers, but he was getting looks from Notre Dame, I think. And the fact that he didn't get that job just shows that Notre Dame made a massive mistake because he's an amazing coordinator. So if Kirk can revitalize that offense, I truly think Minnesota is going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Are they going to be Ohio State? No, it's not possible because Ohio State gets everybody. But in a year where Wisconsin has troubles at quarterback, Iowa puke, uh, the rest of the Big Ten West is kind of just not good. Then you got the Big Ten East, which, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, they're always going to have more talent because it's a bigger program. But this could really be a year where Minnesota can step up and say, hey, you know what? We're going to Indianapolis. We can take control as long as they have that offense that can take those games against bad teams. Remember, two of their losses last year, Bowling Green, they scored, I want to say, 10 points. Illinois, they scored, I want to say, six points. They, They only gave up 14 points. In both those games, if I'm remembering correctly, they score two touchdowns. Minimum that game goes to overtime against Illinois and Bowling Green. Now, long-term Bowling Green loss means nothing. Illinois loss means something. You score two touchdowns against Illinois, Illinois, illa freaking noy. They need to do that this year so they can take the control of the big 10 West. So I realized I went on a bit of a tangent, but Uh, biggest question is, can that offense become something, uh, next up released on T portal CFP Twitter, You should be following, uh, we released a bracket because what else do you do in March? You know, you fill out your college basketball brackets, then you look on Twitter and find the college football related brackets because everybody releases them because it's good content. We're going to talk about our bracket, most electric players in college football history. We're going to go side by side in both divisions or both regions 16 a pop, so it's 32 total, and we're gonna be giving our opinions on the matchups. Now, some some of them they're gonna be kind of lopsided because it's a 116. The 16 doesn't usually win unless you're playing Virginia and you're UMBC. Uh, So let's let's start off in the first region on the left side. We got number one seed Reggie Bush, obviously explosive player, should have a Heisman going up against Saquon Barkley. You know, a little bit more recent, still a heck of a player made some amazing plays for Penn State. Anybody want to say Saquon, or are we just going to kind of keep this short and say it's tough to beat Reggie Bush?
1: It's got to be Reggie. Yeah.
0: He'd be Reggie all day.
1: Yeah. I love Saquon, but I mean, it's Reggie Bush. <laughs> yeah. What can you do?
0: Saquon was so fun to watch, but Reggie Bush, he, he was just electrifying. So we'll move him on. 8-9 matchup, Steve McNair. Steve McNair versus Rocket Ismail. What do we got? What what are we thinking?
1: This one's tight. I'm going to lean towards McNair, but, I mean, I wouldn't go against putting Rocket ahead moving him on. It's close, though, for me.
2: Yeah, when we first had this bracket, we actually didn't have Steve McNair, Um, and that was – I couldn't believe that. When I was starting to think of some players – I, my mind just went to Steve McNair like how did we forget Steve McNair and uh, honestly I think you could make the argument he could be a higher seed than an 8 because this is an 8-9 McNair being 8 Ismail being 9 um, I'd, I'd probably lean McNair as well
0: yeah I think I would personally agree I mean I never got to watch either of them live so uh, Brian do you have anything to add or are we going to move McNair on you're muted <laughs> <laughs> you're muted brian you're muted in this disc- in zoom
3: sorry uh my dog was barking so i had to mute myself uh yeah no i think uh i think um i am gonna go with steve mcnair but it is very close uh you know rocket ismail the what obviously as a kick returner and a wide receiver you can make very very explosive explosive plays um out of those positions so um uh, but yeah steve mcnair he's, he's just that dude man so give me steve mcnair
0: McNair moves on to the second round next up. This is a, this is a tough one. Michael Vick is a five seed, but he's got a very tough matchup at the 12 seed. It's Adrian Peterson. First thoughts on this possible upset.
1: Yeah. Whoever set this up was, was looking for a five, 12 upset. I feel like this <laughs> one of those. You classic right <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to take Michael Vick. I only. I'm a little biased because I saw Adrian Peterson run all over my long coins for too long, but Michael Vick, I mean, I also really loved him in the NFL as well. I'm going to take Michael Vick, but I mean, Adrian Peterson, man, he was amazing.
2: Yeah, it's so hard to to really justify like a guy being lower than another guy in here. Like, obviously, you have the Reggie Bushes, the Vince Youngs, like those are pretty easy. But once you once you got to like the fives and beyond, it's so hard to gauge, you know, who do you put who's more, um, you know, electric than the other guy. Um, and so I, I feel like people were bound to be upset. And Adrian Peterson being a 12, um, that didn't really sit, you know, sit right with me either. But I, I always go with the 12s over fives, and um, in my brackets, I always make sure to have at least one because those always seem to hit. I'm going to go AP here. I think it's super, super close. Um, I do think Michael Vick's college career is crazy underrated. Everybody remembers what he did uh, with the Falcons in his early part of his career and even with the Eagles,
3: um, but I'm going to go AP.
0: Ryan, do you want to add on to this?
3: Yeah, I, it, it is hard. You know, I... Like I kind of want to lean with AP because I actually saw him play so that he's, you know, I can, I can relate to him more because I, I, saw what he did. I saw, you know, what he did on the field um, more recently, you know, I was, I was able to remember that, but, you know, kind of diving into Michael Vick. Um, I saw his, uh, his my football life and just what he did at Virginia Tech, he basically transcended the quarterback position and he, the way he, what he did, you know, no, you didn't really see that before. Uh, a quarterback with a with a with a huge arm and could you know juke everybody out. So um, I, I'm gonna lean with with Michael Vick because I just think that he changed the quarterback position um, both in college and in the NFL. Um, and he took that Virginia Tech team to a, to a national championship. You know his as, as a freshman. So um, I think he was it was his freshman year. I think. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely gonna go. I'm gonna go with Michael Vick. But it's like uh, those. Last-second buzzer-beating threes um, for Michael
0: Vick. Yeah, it's like it was Loyola beat somebody a few years ago. That's that's what's going to be. Uh, I'm going to agree with the consensus. Michael Vick, just what he did for the quarterback position, nothing short of legendary. Yes, Adrian Peterson, heck of a player, and then he continued that into the NFL. But I, I think you got to give Michael Vick his flyers for what he did for the Hokies. So he's going to move on to face the winner of the four 13 matchup battle of the running backs. You got Bo nose and you've got Marcus Allen. This is a slightly tougher matchup than the average one. Uh, Anybody want to add onto this?
1: I'm going for the upset and I'm going to take Marcus Allen on this one. Um, Might be the minority. But, I mean, I just I – didn't, I didn't really get to watch either of them play. But my dad, he was a huge Marcus Allen fan. I don't know why or how that happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I'm, I might switch. But right now I'm going Marcus Allen.
2: I just feel like when you think of the best athletes, period, Bo Jackson's name comes up and a lot of that had to do with what he did at Auburn. And obviously his pro career is, you know, in terms of what he was able to do is, is pretty much unmatched. Um, you know, I feel like Deion Sanders is really one of the only guys that has done what he's done across two sports. Um, you know, and this isn't about baseball. This is about college football. And I think Bo Jackson's career um, at Auburn was, was fantastic. There's a good reason why he's a four. I I just think he's, I wouldn't say it's like, There's a a wide margin between the two because Marcus Allen is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated running backs, college and NFL. I I feel like he should be more in the conversation of the greatest running backs ever, but I think in terms of college, I would go with Bo Jackson. That dude was, in my opinion, the definition of electric.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, You know, I mean, it's Bo Jackson. I mean, we we remember this bracket is most explosive players and, you know, you can electric. throw, you can, yeah, most ex- electric players. Yeah. So you can, <laughs> uh, uh, you can throw on a Bo Jackson highlight reel on YouTube and sit there for 30 minutes, you know, just watching that. So, um, yeah, man, man, I, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Bo Jackson on that one too.
0: Mark Allen was never the star of tech mobile. Bo Jackson yeah. moves on. <laughs> uh, next up, this is a very good matchup in my opinion. Yes. Seed, Tavon Austin. Versus 11 C Justin Blackman. I want to start this one off. Cause I think this is an upset. I think Justin Blackman, my gosh, he was so fun to watch at Okie state. Yes. Tavon Austin has legendary YouTube videos of him just being so, so good at West Virginia. But I think what Blackman did was better as a just receiver and Austin was better returning speed. I think Blackman was the more complete player, obviously, Neither of them really panned down the NFL, but this is most lecture place in college football history. I'm going with the upset, Justin Blackman. I think what you just
2: said, kind of justifies Tavon Austin now, because this isn't necessarily a a conversation for like the most complete. I think when you think of electricity, you think of speed and just flashy highlights and, you know, just excitement creating a buzz. And I feel like Tavon Austin in recent memory would be, if this was like the last, you know, 10, 12 years, I think he'd be a one or two seed up there with like DeAnthony Thomas and, um, you know, Lamar Jackson. I'm taking Tavon Austin. I honestly, I watched both of them, but I think this one isn't as close. As you make it seem
1: to be, I think I agree with Dylan. Um, I think J- I love Justin Blackman. Um, I thought he's—I thought he's going to be really good at the, um, in the NFL. But when he get drafted to the Jaguars, yeah, I mean,
0: Something like that, yeah, poor guy.
1: He <laughs> Tim Austin went to the Rams too. I think so yep. wasn't that much better, but yeah, I remember. And I mean, Justin Blackman's easily the better player, but. Tavon Austin, I mean, the, his highlights and everything. You just – anytime he touched the ball, he he can, can get, like, a run, little bootleg run play, and you just – you never know what's going to happen. And as a fan, when you're playing against your team, like, you're like, oh, no, oh, gosh, he's going to get the ball. Somebody tackle him. Somebody. It's just, you know, I want Tavon Austin.
3: Yeah, uh, with Tavon, you know, and he – if I – when – at West Virginia, he was basically receiver, running back, kick returner. I mean, he was everywhere. Um, so yeah, I I think I'm going to go with Tavon too. Um, I think Justin Blackman was very very good, especially for his. I mean, he was a big guy, even, uh, and he was still very uh, very very um, electric. But I think I'm going to go with Tavon as well. His 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 highlight reel is insane. Um, West Virginia has had some great athletes and very. Very electric players in West Virginia. I'm sure we'll get to a couple of them later on, but man, that 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 school can that school produces some athletes for sure. Two of them yeah. on the on the bracket, and
2: probably could have had even more.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at one on the right side of the bracket, and that matchup is going to be a tough one to talk about. <laughs> so Tavon Austin's going to move on. Next up, Barry Sanders, one of the greatest to ever touch a football, going up against Ricky Williams. This this is another good matchup. I'm going to go Barry Sanders just because of more of, I mean, my gosh, he was so good. Another Oklahoma state player. I just realized. So i mm-hmm. too straight that we're talking about, but I don't know. He, he was just so great. Like this is also, yes, this is the most electric. He was just so great. That that's another word you have to use to describe him. Ricky Williams was really, really, really good. I have to take Barry Sanders.
2: When I was a kid first getting into football, my dad showed me a long highlight reel of Barry Sanders with the Lions. And it wasn't until a couple years later when I saw his highlights from Oklahoma State, and he was almost faster and more like twitchy at Oklahoma State, which is nuts because he was insane with the Lions throughout his way too short career. I hate the lions for, for what they did to him. But anyway, that's a whole different podcast. Um, I'm taking Barry here, but no disrespect to Ricky Williams. He was, he was really, really fun to watch and just a fun story. If you guys have ever uh, um, seen his story, that's an awesome one. And he's just a, a fun guy to listen to, you know, with interviews and stuff, but I got to go Barry here.
1: Y'all no, can't say I'm biased. I'm taking Barry too. Okay. okay. <laughs> I love Ricky. Love what he did, you know. um, As all the records at Texas for rushing, they'll probably never be broken. So, but I mean, like like Dylan said, you watch his those Oklahoma State highlights, and man, I mean, it's only it's only I've only seen one running back more electric than him, and that's he's number one. So, (laughs) I'm taking Barry.
3: Yeah, give me Barry. Um, I agree. Uh, I mean, Ricky Williams was, was very, very good. Um, And he's, you know, just, I I did, I I did, I do know what you're talking about, Dylan, his, his 30 for 30 was, was incredible. Um, You know, his whole story and everything, but I mean, Barry Sanders, you know, he's Barry Sanders, you know, there's really not much else to say.
0: Not much else to say. He's going to move on to, is this the sweet 16 actually? Yeah, it is the sweet 16. Yep. Is it? Okay, yeah. yeah, so yeah. they're all moving on to Sweet 16 because we're already 32 teams. Next matchup, I'm going to let Dylan go first on this one <laughs> because it involves his guy, Marcus Mariota from Oregon, and a very good 10 seed, Ed Reed. Yeah,
2: I, I'm really happy that we had an offensive player versus a defensive player. I feel like we didn't get enough of those matchups in this bracket. Um, I wanted to make sure we got some defensive players too. wanted to show them some respect. Um, If you're watching this YouTube, you already know I'm going with because I'm wearing Oregon gear. If you're Mm -hmm. listening on the podcast, Marcus Mariota is the reason why I'm a college football fan. He's the reason why I'm even sitting here. Um, You know, it's an easy answer for me. I hate that he's a seven seed. I think he should be higher. But um, I mean, what he did at Oregon just um, I mean, they were really special before that. The national championship year, um, you know, a few years before he really took off. Um, And then that 2014 season, that Heisman season was just, I I think the only college football season I've watched personally that was better and more, I I wouldn't say electrifying, but um, the one that was better was Joe Burrow. I think more electrifying, I'd probably say Lamar was the only one, Um, but Mariota, easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dylan, I agree. Marcus Mariota, actually, he's my top three favorite college players of all time. Like, um I, I love them so much. I'm a big Texas guy. Marcus Murillo was my screensaver for a long time on my phone. Like, <laughs> I love watching them play. I remember he came in as a freshman. Um Not a freshman. Did he play his freshman year? I his freshman year. Freshman, freshman year. I remember watching them play. They said, this kid from you know, Hawaii he runs a 4-4. Like, there's no way. And then he just took off. Man, a lot of people love Oregon and Texas as well for some reason. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I love Marcus Mariota. There's no way he's getting bounced in the first round of my watch. I might have anything to say about it. I'll,
3: yeah. I, I, you go, bro. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Andrew.
0: I almost want to play devil's advocate just because I loved those Miami teams from the early 2000s. I am going to say Marcus Mariota, but Ed Reed – I feel like he kind of got disrespected with the 10 seed. I, I think he needs to be a agree. little higher. And we're going to see one of his teammates coming up soon. Same position group, by the way. So, a little, little hint.
3: Uh, no, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think Ed Reed is a little bit you know, underrated. I think he should be a higher seed as well. It kind of sucks that he got put up against Marcus Mariota because it's – you know, when you compare the two, I don't think it's that close. Um, Marcus Mariota, he – you know, kind of follow along the lines that those, you the, know, the, the late to the, the 2010 quarterbacks were incredible, um, you know, with Jameis Winston and, and Marcus Mariota and uh, Joe Burrow. And, you know, they, we had some really good quarterback play in the 2010s. Um, so, yeah, but give me a, a, give me Mariota as well.
2: In fact, Jameis Winston's only a loss in college was to Marcus Mariota by 39 points. So just put that out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going to rule that three and a half to half because I'm going to give a half point to Ed Reed. Uh, Marietta moves on. Next up, two fifteen 15 matchup. Another, another player I think kind of got disrespected. 15-seed CMC Christian McCaffrey going up against Vince Young. I mean, yeah, is there going to be any debate, really? <laughs> no. None here. No, yeah, I don't think I, so. I know there's none from you, Adam. <laughs> I mean. McCaffrey 15 is disrespectful but it's tough when there's so many electric players so I think this is just consensus Vince Young moves on now to the right side of the bracket we're going to start with the 116 Desmond Howard obviously oh my gosh he was fun to watch at Michigan going up against Colt Brennan from Hawaii Colt Brennan was amazing I don't think you can beat Desmond Howard at least right here I I don't think it's possible no no yeah, no. I agree. Yeah, that, that's that's an easy one for Desmond Howard. Next up, the, the matchup I've been kind of hinting at, Pat White, Sean Taylor. Fight.
3: Uh, Pat White is the probably the only non-Georgia player that I ever enjoyed playing with in NCAA football video games. Um, he was just so much fun to play with, so fast. I, I, so... I have a nostalgia factor with Pat White. Obviously, Sean Taylor, you know, rest in peace, Sean Taylor. He was I mean that Miami squad we talked we talked about earlier. That Miami squad was loaded, um, you know, with 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 talent. Um, but I'm gonna go with nostalgia here on and I'm gonna go with Pat White. I think I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Pat
1: White. I'm gonna go with Sean Taylor because I mean I don't know. Electric, when I think of electric, I think of hard hitting, you know, Showtime, and that that was Miami, that was Sean Taylor, he he was that guy, when you got hit by him, you, it felt like you got shocked by electricity, like you were paralyzed, so, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and I loved him too, I'm kind of biased, but I had to go with Sean Taylor.
2: Do you imagine lining up as a wide receiver or a tight end and having Ed Reed and Sean Taylor in the same secondary, like two of the hardest hitting, just
1: running out of bounds. Yeah.
2: Running out of bounds, (laughs) making dunk stuff, all that. Yeah. I'm going down that stuff. Not taking any chances. I'm going Sean Taylor. I think Pat White is. You know, I think he's also another guy where you can fit him in that Michael Vick category where it's just like, you know, he was transcendent. He was a guy that was just crazy speed um, that you just really didn't see for that time. But Sean Taylor at the same time was another kind of player that you just really didn't see. He was a complete package and his college career was electrifying. I, I don't know if there's a safety that really compares when you talk about electricity, maybe. Ed Reed. Um, I, I think Sean Taylor, Ed Reed. That's a that's if that was a matchup itself, we could be talking about that for a while. But I'm gonna go Sean Taylor in a close one.
0: Yeah, Sean Taylor's gonna move on. He's one of my favorite players ever to watch. Just hard hitting. Just that entire Miami team, loaded with talent, had the swagger, played like every game was prime time because they played in a lot of prime time games. My gosh, <sighs> Sean Taylor is just one of my personal favorite players ever too. So he's going to move on. Next up, 5-12 matchup, five-seed Tommy Frazier going up against the 12-seed Marshall Falk. This is another one that's like, yes, we know who kind of should win, but Marshall Falk was good.
1: Yeah, he was. Um, And. I picked I pick, I pick the five Michael Vick over Adrian Peterson. So I'll go opposite. And I'll take Marshall Falk over Tommy Frazier. I didn't really get to watch. Uh, I haven't really seen many. I've seen a couple of Tommy Frazier highlights. But I know I've seen Marshall Falk a lot. And I mean, yeah. I think, I think it's close. So I'm going to pick the 12. See a little, get a little chaos, a little madness in our bracket. You know, we're not too chalked. <laughs>
2: Yeah. My, uh, my dad's a Nebraska fan. I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, show some <laughs> corn Husker love, uh, Tommy Frazier. I mean, those Nebraska teams were insane. I think they won like 45 out of the 50 games that, you know, Tommy Frazier played when they were there. Um, one or two national championships, I believe at least one, um, you know, just crazy numbers. His jerseys retired. Um, you know, just one of the greats ever, um, and I think when you talk about electricity, he's a guy that, that definitely brought that for that era. Um, yeah, I think Marshall Falk putting him below is, is uh, it's, it's tough. And one guy I, I kind of wanted to put over him in the bracket was Darren McFadden. He was one of those guys that was like the first one out for me. And I know somebody yes. on Twitter was, was yelling at us about that. That was a tough one to leave out. Um, I'm going to go Tommy Frazier here. I, I think his career was, was one of the best of
3: all time. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to go with with uh, Tommy Frazier as well. Um, You know, we talk when we talk about Marshall Falk, you know, you know, shout out to San Diego State, probably the the best player out of San Diego State. And, know, we can be kind of think about his NFL career that panned out, you know, as Tommy Frazier's didn't. But when we're talking about college and electric, I'm going to go with Tommy Frazier as well. Um, Yeah, those 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 uh, Nebraska teams were were incredible and yeah, I'm gonna go with Tommy
0: Frazier. And disrespect matter Ariza like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will say you you brought up Darren McFadden. I think if you put Darren McFadden here instead of Marshall Falk, I'm more tempted to take him over Tommy True. Frazier. Mm-hmm. So, and I was also kind of shocked we didn't have Darren McFadden. He was my gosh.
1: Oh, but, damn. yeah.
0: I I have to take Tommy Frazier here. Just what he did for Nebraska. What he you know winning national championships at Nebraska, which nowadays that's not possible so just an amazing player so he's going to move on and he's going to face the winner of another matchup that is with a player that should be seated higher rg3 is a four seed that's fine michael crabtree is a 13 seed i i think we see i think we might see our first ah, rg3 at baylor man yeah
1: that's a tough matchup for Michael Crabtree.
0: It's a it's a yeah. tough matchup for RG three too. True,
1: it is. I, but I mean, what RG three? I mean, he nobody expected him to even, to even be remotely as good as he was, and he ran away with the Heisman that year. Man, that that Baylor team was. It it, it was. I can't even put into words, man. I, that 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 that. That was electricity, watching him just absolutely smoke everybody on the field. He looked like he was playing against a high school team half the time. Michael Crapsie was Michael Trapp, she was great, too. He um, cost my longhorns a trip to the national championship. Still thinking about that. I'm tired of seeing that clip, too. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> Should have tackled him. I blame Earl Thomas, but I'm not going to get on a rant about that. But I'm taking RG3. It is close. Love Crabtree, he's from my hometown. But uh we're only on D3.
2: I gotta smoke Liam here because Liam did not have Michael Crabtree on this bracket. I was the one that brought that on to the bracket. Really? Because yeah, so he he was the first one that created um, you know, he took all of our suggestions that we had in our group chat and narrowed it down. And Michael Crabtree was not, I don't even think he was suggested, to be honest, in our group chat um so that's that's another fault of ours but yeah the 13 seed i think he got disrespected i'd probably put him no lower than 10 to be honest with you but this is this is a tough matchup i wish rg3 got one more year so I could see him play against, you know, like Marcus Mariota and Oregon and, you know, Mariota's freshman year, because uh, that would have just been the most electrifying game you could think of, like that Baylor team against Oregon with like Mariota and D'Anthony Thomas and Kenyon Barner, like that would have just been, and that uniforms would have been nuts. Like that that's just, <laughs> that's just one of my dream matchups, um, but RG3, man, I it, it's honestly close to me because Crabtree's career at Texas Tech and just that freshman year he had. I don't think any receiver in the FBS has had a better freshman year than that as a receiver. But RG, I, I got to go RG three.
3: Yeah, when I look back at, at Michael Crabtree, that the one play against Texas, you know, was probably one of the most iconic calls uh, with with Brett Musburger, and and you know that that Ooh. one play, <laughs> that one play, kind of really, you know put i want to say put crabtree on the map but kind of elevated his 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 status um but when you look at the whole career as a whole i mean robert griffin the was man he was with him and, and josh gordon and, and and that that was you could like, back back like, back to what i said earlier is you could throw on an rg3 highlight tape and you know be mesmerized for for 30 minutes you know it, it was it was i'm gonna go with rg3 so
0: rg3 is moving on but i'm taking crabtree Uh, I'm going with the upset. When you think of great college football wide receivers, he's one of if not the first name you think of uh, what he did at Texas Tech was unmatched. Next up. My gosh, these matchups. Charles Woodson. Randy Moss. Now, imagine if they played in college. Imagine if they played against each other. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) Oh, it might be a fight. I, I want to start with this one just because one of these players is probably my personal favorite defensive back ever, Charles Woodson. I, Charles Woodson won the Heisman as a defensive player. I, th- I feel like that should just move him on right there. <laughs> like, when you think of defensive Heismans in the last 20 years, you don't think of anything. You think of, oh, if I had another 10 years, i get Charles Woodson. What he did as a defensive player, nobody can match. Nobody can match ever. I mean, if we're going back another 50 years, probably can add defensive players, but Woodson, that's my vote.
1: Yeah, Randy Moss is my favorite NFL player of all time. I had three Randy Moss jerseys in my closet right now. (laughs) One's on the Raiders, not proud about that one. But this is college and like Andrew said, I mean, I don't think it's close. It has to be Charles Woodson.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100. percent Charles Woodson, you know, he was just electric. Um, and he, like, and he also didn't just do. I mean, he he returned kicks. Um, you know, he did a lot on, on both sides of the ball as well. I know he played some offense too. You know, at certain 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 times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Charles Woodson as well.
2: Charles Woodson is my favorite defensive back of all time. Um, You know, as a, as a Packers fan, definitely one of my favorite players of all time. I'm just looking at Randy Moss's career at Marshall and his stats are even crazier than I thought, because he only played two years at Marshall. He wasn't able to play his freshman year uh, and his freshman year had 1,709 yards and 28 touchdowns. Second year, 1820 yards and 26 touchdowns. That's 54 touchdowns in two years. Like that's that's absolutely mind-boggling and nuts. But Charles Woodson just de- I think it just defined greatness as a defensive player and as a, a defensive back. He just kind of set the the standard for what greatness looks like as a as a defensive player in college football. Um and the electricity factor is definitely there as well. So I think this one's close, but I'm going to go Charles Woodson.
0: I think he's also got one of the most iconic college football pictures with him having the rose in his mouth. So I think mm-hmm. you, you have to ha- kind of add that into the equation. Next up, this is a 3 matchup that's kind of interesting. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Money, <laughs> Percy Harvin. Adam, you want to start since it's A M?
1: Yeah, Johnny Manziel easily the only a player I've ever liked. I mean, I, I tried to hate him when he first came up. I was like, he's not even that good, you know. He just closing his eyes and throwing the ball up to Mike Evans, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that I still had to watch the games that he played in just shows how electric that he is. I actually sat down and I scheduled to watch Texas A&M play college football as a Longhorn fan. You know, and I, I I low key rooted for him, but you know, I, I kinda didn't. <laughs> it was kind of but I mean he's on and off the field, obviously, you know, about his off the field stuff, but he, he just made up he made the game fun. He's showtime, you know, Hollywood, Johnny Mandel, you know, Johnny football. I love him. So Percy Harvin, I thought I had an underrated career though. Thought he's really good at Florida. Um, but I'm going to take Johnny on this one.
3: Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm going Johnny. I
2: don't think it's really that close. Um, I am not really an SEC proponent. Like I, I watch the games, but like I'm not a guy who's screaming into the clouds like, "Yo, you got to watch SEC. It's the best conference." Blah blah blah. Like, but Johnny Manziel made me tune in every single Saturday to watch Texas A&M, and honestly, I really don't know if there's been any other player, not just in the SEC but in college football sense, that I've really tried to do that with. Uh, Like his career was just unbelievable. Every game was must watch. I remember, I think it was the Belk bowl against Duke and he just put on a show that game. That was so much fun to watch. Not to mention the Alabama game. Um, Yeah. His career was just so much fun. I got to go Johnny.
3: Yeah. uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Belk bowl. I was just going to say that too. That comeback against Duke was, was incredible. Um, I wish he played more. I mean, we only saw him for two seasons and then one of the seasons he was suspended, I think for a couple of games. Um, so I wish we saw more of Johnny, but yeah, I mean that play against Alabama with, with when he we got tangled up and he fumbled and he, I mean that was just that was just incredible. He um, kind of elevated him to, to that status as well, kind of like Crabtree touchdown did, but he kind of sustained it, I think a little bit longer so i think i'm gonna go johnny manzel it's unfortunate that he didn't pan out but yeah johnny football is a. um
0: we'll, we'll remember johnny football for a long time i think johnny football kind of and it, exactly that how yeah. many players in the last 10-15 years do you not call them by their name you call johnny manzel johnny football money manzel the money man like he's one of the only players that Everybody knows when you're talking about Johnny football, you're talking about Johnny Manziel. When you're talking Money Manziel, it's Johnny Manziel. He he was so electric that he created a brand for himself when you weren't even allowed to have a brand for yourself in, in the NCAA. <laughs> so I think that kind of moves him on just right there. Uh, Imagine I'm gonna, the NIO money he would get if he was uh, – Oh, my if he could. God. You kill God. it. It
3: would have been stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might be the richest player in – Football. Yeah. I don't know, but next up. So we're going to have Menzel move on. Deion Sanders, you know, Florida state fans may not be super fond of him right now, but they were definitely fond of him when he was playing going up against the Thomas. I'll, I'll let Dylan start with this one because the Anthony Thomas Oregon. Yeah, this is a hard one. This is a
2: really, really hard one. I mean, D'Anthony Thomas, is his highlight reel is nuts. It's so crazy. Um, I wish he would have came back for that 2013 year, because I, I definitely think he should have. I think he would have been a lot higher of a draft pick if he stayed. Um, but I, I, for me, it's hard to go against Deion Sanders, and the kind of player that he was at Florida State was just one of those locked-down players with just that – flair and savvy that was just another guy that was you had to watch him play. And it was he was just had that personality that you just loved. And you know, D'Anthony Thomas, you could argue that too, the guy that used to, you know, if you're an Oregon fan, you probably remember his tweets of all caps all the time and called himself the black mamba. And you know, he he had that swagger to him too. Uh this is probably the closest one for me. I'm, I'm going to go Deion Sanders. I'm going to get crucified by Oregon Twitter, but <laughs> I, I got to go Deion. How, how can you not?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's prime time. It's prime time. Just kind of, just, you know, and I love Anthony Thomas, too. Um, I used to pick him up in Madden. He would always be a free agent. I was in Madden. He'd be my running back because he was that electric, you know, just give him the ball and just just let him, let him run around and figure something out. But Deion is prime time, you know. For me, he signifies electric when I think about a defensive player on and off the field. You know?
3: Yeah, no, I, I, that's it's it's it is harder. I think it is harder than than obviously Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders, right? He's Deion, and but I think it is a little bit closer than 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 people might think uh Jonathan thomas is i mean he was so i, I I'll, I'll agree i'll say that probably the early oregon teams the early 2010s oregon team from 2010 to to 2015 2016 were some really really fun teams and i have a special place in my heart for those teams because they played in the alamo bowl a lot and i would go to the i would go to the alamo bowl po- almost every year and i saw a lot of oregon you know that game against tcu that 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 comeback i mean they were on the wrong I, on the wrong end of it but um, it was still a lot of fun to watch. Um, uh, but anyway, and then also the, the Anthony Thomas, when he wore that gold watch in the Alamo bowl and people made a big deal about it, that was cool. <laughs> um, but I, just, I think I'm going to go Dion. It is really close. Um, I was watching, uh, it was, actually I was watching a documentary about the Braves, uh, the Atlanta Braves a couple weeks ago. And they were talking about how Dion, um, he, the, the, um, the chop that the Braves do, they go. Oh, it was started because of Dion. Because uh, I know Florida State that does that, and then when Dion came to to the Braves, the Braves fans started doing that. So now we kind of came their team, their thing too. So I can't think of another player that kind of has that effect. I know that was in, in in Major League Baseball, so it's not relevant, but kind of is. But he, that he's that type of guy. He was that type of guy. He was the type of guy at Florida State. So. I'm, I'm going to go with Dion uh, on this one, but it's very, very close. I think
2: I forgot about the gold wash. That's a good point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah that was cool. That was a fun night on Twitter.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give my vote to D'Anthony, even though Dion is Dion. Uh, when I think of who has the best highlight reels, I, I think D'Anthony's is up there with table on Austin. I, I think he was just that explosive, that electric, that quick, just that fun to watch at Oregon. So he'll get my vote, but of course it will still be prime time. Moving on to the final matchup, we go of this episode, rounding off the first round. Lamarvelous, Lamar Jackson Jadavion Clowney. I mean, it's not close.
1: Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I only had that one big play. He was against Michigan. Yeah, that yeah. in Michigan, yeah. that 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 was pretty amazing. But this is, this is Lamar Jackson, man. I mean, hey. I think the only more electrifying quarterback of our like modern time was maybe RG three, but it's I mean, I, I saw him get to, getting to see him live. Granted, my school won, stormed the field. Shout out to UH, but getting to see him live was one of the most amazing things. He looked so fast, like he blinked and you missed them. And he broke his two uh, defenders on the ground. He's running down the field. It has to be Lamar. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. It has to be, um, uh, you know, Louisville. You don't really think about Louisville football that much when, when you think about, you know, electric players. Um, and he, he, he changed that program, you know, what he did and that, the I think, what was it? What was that, that play? If I, if I remember correctly, he was, he kind of scrambled and he got two defenders to run into each other. Um, I think I, if I remember correctly, I think that's what happened. And then he's probably the only guy that has like a highlight, like a hot, like a, a uh, historic highlight from high school, college, and the NFL. Yes. Yeah, has a high school clip when he like kind of. I
1: remember that he walked, he, yeah, he walked into the end zone. Yeah, he
3: walked into the end zone and he was just doing this. And man, he, he's so fun to watch. And I'm so happy to see him continue that into the NFL. Um, he's won at pretty much everything he's done. He's he won the Heisman Trophy. Um, he won an MVP in the NFL as well. But yeah, it's not close. Um, Jaden Clowney's great. You know, he did a lot of great things. Uh, being the number one overall pick as a as a you know that it's that's, that's great you know he obviously deserved that that play against Michigan was amazing but yeah it's not close Lamar Jackson all the way that
2: play by Lamar Jackson in high school I I grew up seeing that on social media so much and I don't think it was until Lamar won the Heisman that I figured out that that was Lamar Jackson yeah. I was blown away <laughs> that that was him um, yeah I think it's got to be Lamar if Jadavon Clowney didn't have that play in the Bloom and Onion Bowl I honestly don't think he probably would have made this this list. So um, I'm going to go Lamar. I think this is, this is as big a margin as
0: we're going to have. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to agree, but as great as Lamar was, he was amazing. I, that play from Jadavion was so good. Not even just the play, the circumstances, South Carolina should have had the ball. They got absolutely messed up because the refs don't know what a first down looks like when they bring out the chains. And then the call from Tarico. South Carolina deserves to have the ball and they do great call. It's Lamar though. It's Lamar, not close. I mean, yeah, you, you talked about, Adam. he's one of those guys with RG three, just the way they transcended the position and how you play quarterback. You you have to move him on. Okay. Clowney, electric player. Lamar is just in a different echelon. So I think that is going to end us off. We're just going to do the one rounds today uh appreciate everybody for watching make sure to follow Portal cfb on twitter so you can get the full bracket make your own send it to us uh and we'll tell you how it's probably better than ours uh <laughs> make sure to follow all of our twitters make sure to follow you know whatever platform you're listening on watching on youtube spotify apple music like subscribe comment do all that stuff you know what to do appreciate everyone for watching have a great day